Is there anybody that was there that you're willing to say should not be back in a, in a Trump senior, in a, in a senior role in the Trump White House? I'm not so sure they'd be that excited about coming back. Because here's why. I think this next time is going to be like Stalingrad every day. The administrative state is clearly with, look, charging Trump with 700 years in prison, trying to strip his business away. They are going, they're so deranged, oh, yeah. going to such levels, which is only helping him politically. But people have to understand, that's not going to stop on election day. You're going to be like in Saigon during the Vietnam War, right? There's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be stuff happening all over of people inside the wire. All right. Happy New Year. I hope you're enjoying a little downtime. The nice thing about New Year's is everybody's supposed to have the day off. At least that's what the intention is. I know some of you are probably at work. Maybe you're listening to this while you're there. I want to break down a great conversation I had with Steve Bannon, the former chief strategist uh, for the 2016 Trump campaign, the chief strategist of the White House when he entered, and then obviously the leader of the show War Room right now, a great show twice a day. The guy works all the time. Uh, so here we go. Here's that conversation with Steve. Steve Bannon, always good to see you. How you doing? Hey, Sean. How you doing? Are you commander? Are you captain now? Rear admiral? Oh, that's a whole nother discussion. Okay. Uh, still a commander, but uh, we'll, we'll talk offline about that. Okay. Um, I want to get into a lot of stuff today with you, but I want to just take you back for a second for 2016 before we we move ahead in the future. Sure. When you look back at the campaign and the especially those first few days of the White House, knowing what you know now, what do you think we did really well and what would you do differently? It's a great question. Never thought about it. Um, I thought what we really did well is obviously in a comfort behind victory. We kind of pulled it off, as you know, with what, 15 people <laughs> in <airplane laughs> and a can. I mean, there was nobody. And I think the lesson, and I think that lesson you see in what Heritage is doing and what Russ Fote's organization is doing is that you got to prep, uh, you know, the 3,000, uh, you know, the 3,000 folks you can put in right away. Uh, to land on, you know, the beach landings that you don't need Senate confirmation or the 4,000 right. you have, 3,000. I think it's to get those trained up to, and all be in sync on policy and get the best people you can. You don't need actually the best and the brightest. You need the best that are available that understand what the program is. And I think President Trump and I think what we didn't do, uh, Sean, in hindsight, is maybe be hard enough. I mean, it's some of these, you know, like building the wall and 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 and, and the deportation stopping that we now know that those things you have to do with a certain a sense of urgency and focus and toughness to make sure that they actually take place. So I think that's the lesson you, I learned. You know, it's I funny. that a lot of people are working on it. You know, huge teams now are working on it. So tell me if you agree with this or not. I, I sort of had this feeling, okay, we won. You guys may not like us, but you have to execute the president's agenda. And I think as we saw the years go by, we realized a lot of these people, both some of actually that were appointed by the president, but a lot of folks that are part of the administrative state basically said, no, we're just going to wait you out. You think that's fair? And that's why we need to make sure that the the, the 3,000, 4,000 people that would staff a Trump administration would come in and understand you may not be the smartest guy in the world, but you, you understand the mission. Remember what we used to call it was the nullification project. I mean, it was only later in the development of, of Russiagate and the, and the House hearings and the Nunez report, we realized the depth of it. But you're absolutely correct. I mean, they they 
tried to stop Trump winning the presidency, but then it was to nullify the presidency. And I've never been one to throw around the term deep state loosely, but the administrative state, this fourth branch of government that feels they're impervious to elections. They clearly, that's what I mean. I don't know if we were tough enough and I don't think we understood the depth. And I agree with you. You would think that, look, you know, anytime a president of the Oval Office says to do something, there has to be follow-up. There has to be people on it. But as you know, uh, the very first weekend that you were there, we did those phone calls. The things were leaked to the Washington Post, which had never happened in history. And you were a naval officer and knew about security clearances. We actually did phone calls with, I think, the president of Australia yeah. and, uh, and the president of Mexico on that Sunday afternoon. And they were in the New York. I think they were in the Washington Post front page on Tuesday morning. The transcripts had been leaked. And so I think that that level, I don't think anybody was prepared for the level that the administrative state would say, no, we're still run the government. And yeah, but, but the thing is, I thought it was more than the administrative state. There were days in which you know as well as I do, the president would make a decision. Then you talk to some of the people that were, were appointees that were sort of like, well, we're not going to fully execute that. And mm-hmm. I think that's why, to your point about these projects that Russ Vote and Heritage and, and America it, First are leading. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people that uh, that were appointed by the president, brought in by the president, just sat there and goes, no, that hasn't been thought through. We've got another way to do it. All right, guys, let me ask you a question. Are you tired of testosterone boosting products that don't work? I get it. I don't blame you. That's why our sponsor, Nugenics Total T, has an idea for you. Why don't you try it before you buy it? What a great idea. If you text 231-231 and enter the word SPICER, you will get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Uh, it's got testophen in it, which will help you turn back the clock and become that old you, that younger you, the vibrant you that you remember that guy. Well, that's what it'll help you do. Uh, and if it works for you, great, keep going. If it doesn't, you lost nothing. You get a complimentary bottle by texting 231-231, entering keyword Spicer. You're gonna get back that energy that muscle, that drive, that passion that you used to have. And remember, this is the number one doctor-recommended brand and the number one selling testosterone booster product at both GNC and at Walmart. They're on to something, right? People know what's happening here. But because you watch this show, you can get that complimentary bottle by texting 231-231, enter code word SPICE. And if you do this right now, you get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea uh, as well as the Nugenics Thermo X. Now, this is their newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever. It's got key ingredients to help get rid of that stubborn fat. And you know what I'm talking about. This is New Year's week. We've had been eating a lot of stuff. You need to get to this, right? Uh, so if you do that, you get both of these right now. Uh, this complimentary bottle, text 231-231, enter keyword Spicer. Now, remember, Uh, Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is the number one doctor-recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. Just for your audience, there's 4,000. So the federal bureaucracy, I think, is 2.1 million people. you got another couple of million in the military, so it's about 4 million. But then you've got, don't remember, you've got 16 to 18 million contractors so right. the entire apparatus is about 20 million people. Your political appointees are 4,000, of which 3,000 can go day one, don't need any confirmation, and another 1,000 will send a confirm. You have to have those 3,000 ready now, and that's why I think- So, But the, the funny thing, Steve, is the president, according to a, a statement that his team put out, Susie Wiles and Chris LaSavita, said, hey, nobody is acting on my behalf. And I don't think that that 
Russ or Heritage or any of those folks are acting on his behalf. They're just sort of saying, we'll do the spade work for you. Do you think that President Trump appreciates and understand the work that's being done to not say you have to hire these people, but these people are ready for you? I'm not sure he understands right now. You know, we keep a copy of the book right here in the war room of the heritage. You know, the, they break it down by each policy sector and actually have in-depth analysis. It's pretty impressive just early on as a starting point. I'm not sure he's been fully briefed on that. I, I think that comment and even the comment, you know, Tucker gave an interview to uh, Axios talking about names. And I think that's positive because I sit there and go, look at the quality of people that want to be associated with President Trump. Look at the quality of organization like Heritage and CRA and the level of depth they're doing. I think it's a positive thing. And I think- I do too. I think the more you put those policies out, the more it attracts people. We're not trying to play hide the football here. President Trump's very upfront. I don't, I'm not sure he's been fully briefed on what those are. And that's why I kind of dismiss it as uh, these people are not saying that what the administration's policy is going to be. They're getting people ready with a policy set that's very much in line with MAGA and America First. I think this- is the most significant development we've had kind of post uh, post uh, Trump's, um, uh, you know, the stolen election of 2020 and now where we are and in going into 2024. I think it's the most positive thing I've seen of everything. And obviously, President Trump's leading and some great stuff in the campaign. But this shows you that there'll be a real uh, angle of attack when we get back to the White House. Yeah, I, I agree. I think people don't fully appreciate what you walk into on day one and having a bunch of people walk out and say to you, okay, this policy is fully developed. This policy is fully developed. Here are a hundred people that are willing to help you to, to be part of your army and to, to salute and say, yes, uh, you don't have to hire them. You don't have to hire every one of them, but just know that they've been vetted and that their support of your agenda is crucial to executing on that agenda. Well, let's go back. Look, you're, you come out of the Pentagon. Let's just think the, the, the Obama tried to do the pivot to Asia. I mean, we were very open in this in the transition. He tried to get out of CENTCOM and pivot to Asia, they were able to forward deploy one Marine brigade to Darwin, right? That was the pivot. Now, a lot of that's because Joe Biden and she were cutting deals. But President Trump really wanted to make the center of gravity really this, this confrontation with the CCP in the South China Sea, around Taiwan, that we're going to have the free navigation. You realize how complicated that is. The, the Pentagon is such a vast bureaucracy, right? And I'm not saying these people are ill-intentioned. Ill, Ill it's just so massive. It's like turning around 20 aircraft carriers. So you have to have people that go in. Obama failed. He was up front. He, was fa he failed to do the pivot of Asia because the Pentagon for 20, 25 years was so CENCOM-centric, right. right? So Middle East-centric. And that you, you know, and that's just one example. Don't even talk about Treasury or DOJ or the intelligence services or particularly uh, the financial and, and economics. So, no, we have our work cut out for us. And here's the thing I fear is that we're so far off track as a country on the economy, on capital markets. The Trump tax cuts come back due the first month he's there. The 2025, whoever steps in there, right, President Trump or, or someone else, it's going to be just a firestorm for whoever is the next president. I mean, just let's just stop right there for a second. You said President Trump or someone else. Look at the political landscape as you see it right now. I mean, here's here's how I see this. If you don't beat President Trump in Iowa in the primary right now, then it's over. I mean, I, I just I've said this before. He rolls through this thing. It's over. Um, and then in the general, obviously, we got to play that out. We can talk about that later. But I mean, he's leading in the battleground state. So do you I know I, just to be clear, when you say that, do you see anybody right now in the field, in the primary field, that could possibly beat Trump? No, 
impossible. Yeah. Okay. I do, I do I, but I, the only thing I differ, I think DeSantis ends in, in New Hampshire, in Iowa. I think the big battle this time is going to come in New Hampshire. I think you're seeing all the forces coming back. In so the, play this out because the way I look at this is DeSantis is all in in Iowa. I've asked him, but he says, I have to win Iowa. Right now, he's not going to win Iowa. So it's over there. We saw Governor Sununu endorse Nikki Haley. She's got, so it's Christie and Haley in New Hampshire. How, so just tell me, like, I, I see this as DeSantis and everyone else is out in in Iowa. Haley lives to play another day, assuming she doesn't get embarrassed in Iowa. And then it's Haley and Christie in New Hampshire who lose there. Trump then is, it's over going into South Carolina where he would steamroll everybody. Tell me, do you see any different scenario than what I just laid out? No, I think that her, her, every, all the donors come together and try to mount a, try to have some sort of Pat Buchanan type showing for her in New Hampshire. This shows that there's, that this alternative to Trump has some life force to it. I, I don't think that happened. My fear right. with Nikki Haley is that the donors will give her enough money to stay in through South Carolina, maybe Super Tuesday, to make the argument that she really finished second and deserves to be VP. And as you know, uh, in v- becoming her, uh, Trump's VP can cause a lot of havoc in, in the White House and get back to the same non-America first, you know, the same neoliberal, neocon policies that Nikki Haley represents. I think she's running right now and the donors are putting money in, not for any chance to defeat Trump, which I think is impossible, remote to impossible, but to to hang in there and make the case that she's the 15 percent of the party or the 17 percent of the party that is are registered voters and Republicans that are not uh, not yeah. Donald Trump fans. And that's what I, yeah. I don't and I don't see him getting defeated by the uh, by anyone that particularly Joe Biden. But I think right. that whole thing's up in the air. Uh, who knows if Biden's going to be there? What's going to happen to Kamala Harris? You've got, you've got Whitmer. You've got Newsom. I having no convening authority on the Democratic side since the Democratic Party officially DNC is not very powerful. I don't know how they remove Biden, but I think these numbers and particularly the cross tabs with youth, with African American men, Hispanic men are getting are bad and just getting worse 100%. every week. I just don't know how they they continue to buy into this thing by the spring that they don't try to somehow make some deal with him. So I think it's- I, Yeah, I, I look, I think he, something Trump could happen to him health-wise. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that he, do you think that Biden is the nominee of the party though? I I just can't see it, but I don't know how they have a mechanism- Right, that's- It's, it's that's, no, it's, I call it convening authority. There's no, to take Al Gore's term, there's no apparatus. The DNC right. has been so eviscerated, right? Because the DNC and RNC are two different things. The DNC has been so eviscerated and there's no group of wise men. There's not there. They right. there, there's a huge trust me. They're polling and talking about it nonstop. They're totally freaked out. That's where they're putting up this narrative of Trump as anti-democratic because I think they view that if Trump does win, it, they want to go back to 17 and another nullification project where they make it impossible for him to try to govern. All right, folks, are you looking to secure your financial future? I know I was. Right, you've got real estate, maybe some stocks bunch of other things, a 401k, an IRA. But how are financial metals part of that? Because you look at the price of gold, the price of silver, so many of the other precious metals, how they've done over time, it's a smart bet. And the folks at Bishop Gold Group can sit down with you and talk to you about how to convert an IRA, a 401, whatever it is, just make it part of your planning. I did it. I sat down, I talked to them about what made sense for me. I got precious metals as part of my portfolio now. And here's the thing, you can keep them, they can keep them. You will sit down with the folks at Bishop Gold's Group and come up with a plan that's right for you, depending on how much you have, what you want, where you want to store it. Whenever you're ready to cash it in, you call them back and say, hey, here's what I have. I need to cash it out. They'll make that happen. That's the beauty. 
These are folks that I know, that I trust, that I talk to. So if you want to join me, then go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. You get a special promotion for kicking off your journey to financial freedom uh, and diversification with Bishop Gold Group and Precious Metals. Or you can call 844-984-1616. But go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean to see how you can make Precious Metals part of your financial freedom journey. Thanks. I, I agree with you. There's no there's no mechanism right now to get rid of Biden. He's he's the only one on the ballot. They've canceled the Florida primary. And the only thing that could possibly change is that if he voluntarily stepped down before or around the convention, and then it's, you know, it, who it's it's all hell breaks loose at the convention and that quote convening and authority. Do they have to- enough, and do they have enough time to make a newsome or, or you know, Kamala's still gotta be part of that. Do you, right. do you, let me just let me ask you the, to dismiss this for a second. Yeah. There are people on the Republican side that somehow believe that Michelle Obama ends up the nominee. I think that's nuts. I don't think she ever wants to be the nominee. I don't think that they would do that. They would because you'd have to leapfrog Kamala and Gavin Newsom and Pete Buttigieg, all these people who actively want it. Do you subscribe at all to the notion that any way, shape or form, Michelle Obama could become the nominee of the Democratic Party? I think it would be extremely remote. And here's why. It's even if the Obamas wanted it and wanted to go back to that lifestyle uh, for the power, for the raw power, uh, I think it would almost, they would have to know it was a, it was a done deal. Right. And I think that any mechanism, since they don't have a mechanism or convenient authority to do it, it would get so messy and so convoluted. Although she's extremely popular with that party and the people that are aligned with those values, it would be, it would be very tough and you would think Trump would have some momentum. I, I just think I didn't know the Obamas who are pretty risk adverse. I think they would say this thing's too risky. We want to I agree. Yep. Not that she doesn't maybe down the road have visions of this. So I never count her out. Now they have, I think from their side uh, on Democrats, some pretty attractive candidates in Whitmer and Michigan and Newsom, obviously as a, as an America first or MAGA, I think they've got grievous weaknesses, but from their side, but there's no way to get it in there. There's right. no way yeah, that's no plug that's, and play. That's, that's right. No, you're right. The mechanism doesn't allow for it. That's the point that I keep trying to make people. But let me switch back to our side for a second. Yes. You referenced the Axios story that came out talking about uh, some of the reporting around President Trump yeah. looking at these reports. It mentioned Tucker Carlson as a vice presidential candidate. The fact that Melania Trump really likes the idea. What do you think about Trump's? Let's just start with Tucker Carlson. Would he make a good vice president? I think Tucker make a great vice president. I just don't Why? think you know, well, I because I, I think he's got a a very clear vision of what MAGA and America First are. He he's got a very clear vision of the of the politics of the policies of it. He's savvy in politics, and he's got something that's so important in today is the ability to communicate. Trump shows us more than anything the ability to communicate those ideas to a mass audience is very important. Now. If you ask me, he was a, a likely candidate now. I don't think so because I am I am adamant or not adamant. My thinking is very structured that I believe President Trump will have a female as the yes. Vice President. Thank you, thank I, you, thank so you. When people pitch Tim Scott and and Carson, who I love, Tim Scott's a good man. Tucker, these are, I said they're all terrific, but I think we got to start looking at that list of ten people that are females. And I think President Trump so give me that list. Well, I think it's people like, well, this is why I think it's very important for America first to make sure it ain't Nikki Haley because, okay. because Fox, you know, Fox news was just out the other day when they had the Walt, the Murdoch wall street journal poll that showed her up 17 on, uh, 
on um, on on uh, Biden, they came at the next day and said, "Gosh, you know, do something there." You know how he throws things. Oh, he says, "Man, maybe she should just run as an independent." So they're <laughs> pushing hard to make sure she's got a place. You have right, so you have. Let's go down the list. Christy Noem, yes Chris, or no? Christy Noem, I think, will be very competitive given her given her understanding of the MAGA movement. Came out of the Tea Party, very close to President Trump. I think you got Lee Stefanik, right? I think you've got. Um, you're going to have some other, you know, Sarah, you put Sarah on that list. Put who? Sarah Sanders. I think Sarah Sanders Huckabee's on that list. Um, or, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, gov- the governor of Arkansas is on that list. I think actually Nancy, if you take the broader list of women, uh, I think you have. Um, I, I heard what you said. Do you honestly think Nancy Mace, after the thing that she has said about President Trump, you really think that I, I, I poo pooed that earlier this week. After the Wall Street Journal included her in a list, do you really think that President Trump? I think he is, you know, he's savvy. He understands what somebody brings to the table. He wants someone who understands the role of the vice president, i.e., don't outshine me, and you can be ready day one. Do you think Nancy Mace is one of those people? She voted to send me Sean to a federal prison. (laughs) She's been on War Room twice. No, I think because of her. I think because of her. Look, I'm not saying she's a perfect candidate. There's not a lot of perfect candidates there, right? All right. of them have 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 uh, some pretty big shortfallings, at least as of now. I think Nancy Mace would have to be included in the list. First off, just her her Trumpian attitude. She okay. comes at this with a she comes at this with a brashness and a set of titanium balls that's very you know Trump loves fighters, right? And so I think she's got a devil may care in your grill. Uh, I think that, and particularly in this day and age, in this movement, a lot of people. You know, don't trust her because things he said about President Trump in the past, some of her stances on social issues, particularly abortion and some of the other things. But I think she's got to be included in the mix, along with uh, Governor Huckabee, along with, uh, you know, along with Governor uh, Nome. Uh, obviously, Nikki Haley's going to have a role there. I think Carrie Lake could be very prominent. I think Elise Stefanik, particularly as Elise Stefanik, what she's done over the last couple of weeks oh, yeah. on the anti-Semitism and how she's handled herself and comported herself. Uh, I think Marsha Blackburn. I, look, you've got a lot of women. That's a good Kim, one. I would have said Kim Reynolds would have been on the short list. I agree. See, Kim Reynolds, I think, would have been awesome until she Top went five. out on a limb for DeSantis. Top five. Not just out on a limb. It's like a kamikaze mission. What can't you read in the numbers and about the organization and, and no movement? And also this, look, I, I think Ron DeSantis has been a terrific governor of Florida, and I support a lot of the stuff he did, not just the vaccine. I like the way he went after corporations. It's quite populist. I mean, he went after the corporations, woke and weaponized. Yeah. He realized the school. But it's something about getting a little more water under the bow and waiting. I think he's really hurt himself. I just don't see him as a viable presidential candidate, even in the future with MAGA, just the way this whole thing's gone. And now he's gotten into the personal attacks on President Trump and President Trump's presidency. You're just burying yourself because you're not going to win. You're not going to, you've already stated and everybody stated, you've got in Fox has stated and Carl Rove has stated, you got to win Iowa. You're not going to win Iowa. Right. So you've staked I, them all there. And that's why I think Kim Reynolds, I don't get, because I, I would actually put her in the top five. I agree. I think the I agree. I think governors like Nome and, and Huckabee and Reynolds bring something. Uh, that's why if Carrie Lake had won the governor, if it hadn't been stolen from her, I think she'd have been in the top two or three uh, for the short list. Right now she's running for the Senate. It's a little different, but uh, the female governors have done such a good job. Let me ask you on Carrie, though. Don't you think like to your point, Carrie's been a journalist uh, and a reporter. She didn't win. That. I mean, the point is, is that without any experience, could Trump still I mean, if he were to name her, 
would that be problematic that she doesn't really come with any, uh, you're the vice president, you're one heartbeat away. Do you think that, that people would buy into that? I think so. I think so. Because given her, first off, her learning curve, uh, that she would be Trump's wingman. Yes. I, I think in her, and she's got a, a unique set of attributes. Once again, the ability, she's clearly, I think one of the best communicators. Oh, she's very effective there, very as effective. a communicator. And think, but And I think President Trump's going to, in this, look, let's think of what the second term is going to be. It's going to be a grind. I mean, you've got geopolitical crises, you have a financial capital markets, economic crises, you have nine million illegal aliens here for deportation. There's so many, I mean, top orders, the president's going to need to give some of those, not just for execution, but also for selling the program. I think pres- I think uh, Kerry Lake could be terrific in that. But okay. here's my point. I think you've got a half a dozen to a dozen uh, women who are very viable. Right. Yeah. No, no. I, I think you're. Th- there's wealth, no. It's I, a wealth of. It's a wealth of. But I don't see. I don't see. Uh, and I like Byron Donalds. I like these guys. Tim Scott's a good man. Byron Donalds is a great guy. Of course, Ben Carson's my guy. I love him. Tucker's fantastic. I just don't see it being a male. Whether it's. White. I'm glad you said it because I, I agree with your analysis 100. percent There are really good people. All of those. Byron Donalds, Ben Carson would be great. But there, he need. He not. He he understands how attractive that would be as a national ticket. That being said, that Axios article actually threw your name in the hat for White House Chief of Staff. Any interest to there? Or would you be going, would you willing to go back for any? Sean, Sean, what we saw happen to rights. I mean, the world's I, I know, listen, I get that. That's why I'm asking. No. I've asked people all the time, ask me, would you go back? And I said, listen, I was honored to do it. I'm glad to support President Trump. I yeah. would help him in the agenda. I will not I got, go back and I act got a three million, I, got, I paid a $3 million legal bill, I think, on the, just the Russia hoax, right? <laughs> From Mueller and all that. No, um, look, War Room is my baby. That thing's going so well. I, I can't see it. Obviously, President Trump uh, asked. You know how the, how intense it is in there. Uh, number one, we'll do anything to support President Trump, but I, I don't see myself going back in the government. And, and let me, let me ask you this the opposite way: Is there anybody that was there that you're willing to say should not be back in a in a Trump? senior in a, in a senior role in the Trump White House. Well, some of the guys that uh, people like John Kelly and people I thought very highly of that that have turned on the president un- unfairly. But no, I I think Reince is I, I you Reince the core team that went in at first, I thought was terrific. I thought it was the best run if you look back on it, I think it's the best run the president had. As choppy as it was and and that's when they're coming in Russia gate and everything like that. We got you got you got so much done or initiated in that first year. You got the tax cut. We took a shot at and it wasn't his fault. It was, you know, McCain in the Senate. You, you really had repeal and replace, right? You had, you got a massive tax cut that, that that set the economy on fire by 19. You really set geopolitically the Riyadh, uh, Jerusalem, Rome trip laid out the thing and not just that, to take on ISIS and destroy ISIS. People forget when we stepped in, Obama had said ISIS is a generational thing. And remember the, cal- the physical caliphate was bigger than Syria or Iraq at the time. And we took that down. So we won a war. He started to wind down. He, he tried to wind down Afghanistan. He, he set the predicate for the booming economy in 19. Uh, he took, he was taking care of the border. He got restricted on building the wall, but so many other policies that Stephen Miller came up with are working. If you go back the golden year of 19, where it all came together, that was all, it wouldn't happen if that work had not been done in the first month, the first nine months or 10 months of, of 2017 were, were fantastic. And that's why I've always, I've always, as you know, been very close to Reince and a huge fan of Reince. I thought Reince did a terrific job and by far the best chief of staff they ever had. If we had just gone through that first 
that first year and some of the some of the speed bumps, right. I think it would have turned out very differently because I think Reince had a very calming effect. I think Reince was a decent guy. And the other people he got in there turned out, not, one, not to be good people and two, not not to but, really but don't, I mean, like, but part of that problem in any of his agenda. Do you think but there's some people that that I can name? that I don't think should be back and nothing personal. They just weren't a committed to the agenda. They've turned on him. It's interesting how many people came into that white house and then turned on president Trump and, and weren't, you know, I don't look at it as like a, people all the time talk about loyalty. I look at it like when you're given a job, it's a, it's a matter of trust. Are you going to go in? You're going to advise the president of the United States. You're going to execute an agenda. You don't want to do it. Don't do it. It's a free country. But when you go in and then you come out and you want to make a book crapping all over Trump, that to me, that that's that just it's it's. I, I know the word loyalty gets thrown around a lot, but that to me, it just shows what kind of person you well, are. I think also the loyalty was. I'm I'm not sure a lot of the people that signed up actually believed what President Trump said on the 16 campaign was his actual program. Right. A lot of people thought it was going to be, and as you know, you know, getting out of the Paris Accords, uh, getting out of TPP, really redoing the trade deals. He actually believed. Uh, what he said. So I think, right. I think about, I'm not so sure though, that a lot of the people that you and I can name about shouldn't come back. I'm not so sure they'd be that excited about coming back. I, Cause I, here's why I think this next time is going to be like Stalingrad every day. I, the administrative state is clearly with look charging Trump with 700 years in prison, trying to strip his business away, which they're trying to do this afternoon yeah. in New York, uh, trying to take him off the ballot for the first time. They are going, they're so deranged, oh, yeah. going to such levels, which is only helping him politically. But people have to understand that's not going to stop on election day. When we win, that's not going to stop them. That just leads up to the second nullification project. And it's going to be even, you talked about, hey, you can sit in the Oval and say a lot of things and it just never gets done. That's even in a, that's in a presidency that's hitting on all cylinders. Here, you're going to say that and you're going to have policies, like for instance, the deportation of the 9 million uh, illegal aliens uh, that are here. Um, th- th- you're going to have leaks all over from DHS. You're going to have leaks all oh, over yeah. from NGOs. It's going to be. It's going to be. V- you're going to be like in Saigon during the Vietnam War, <laughs> right? There's going to be. There's going to be. There's going to be stuff happening all over of people inside the wire. All right, folks. Longtime listeners to the show are going to know about Delta Rescue. DeltaRescue.org, the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. It was founded by my friend, Leo Grillo. And Leo basically one day found a Doberman that was in need of serious help and nutrition. He rescued that Doberman. He named the Doberman Delta. Delta stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals. It's become Leo's mission and what Delta Rescue does every single day for all sorts of animals. Go to deltarescue.org. Take a look at the videos and the material there. They rely solely on our contributions. If you're an animal lover, go check out deltarescue.love.org and tell me that you just can't see how what great work they do and why we should be helping them. Um, I've rescued three dogs myself. I know what it's like uh, to go out there and help them. This is a no-kill sanctuary for life. It's a mission for them. And they rely solely on our contributions. So five, 10, 100 bucks, whatever you can give is super helpful. But more importantly, Leo wants to make this an enduring cause, something that we don't have to worry about just funding month to month, year to year, forever, to make sure that the work of Delta Rescue lives on. They've got an estate planning package on their website, deltarescue.org. Aside from the videos and all the testimonials, go check out that estate 
planning guide and see if you can make it part of your enduring mission when you pass to make Delta Rescue part of your estate planning. Check it out, download it. It's all free. They can help you walk through it. Please visit deltarescue.org. If you're an animal lover like me, you're going to want to do this. Thank you. So, so you were the chief strategist on the campaign. You're the chief strategist in the White House. So let me ask you a strategy question. You laid out just a moment ago all of the things that happened. And anyone who is, is uh, objective can say very easily, when people ask me, why do I support President Trump? You know, why, aren't, what about the tweets and the tone and the style? I go, okay, domestically, tax cuts. He secured the southern border. I mean, unemployment was at its lowest. Like, boom, 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 boom. Foreign policy-wise, no wars, no invasion of Russia into any territory in, in, in several administrations. You know, China was held at bay. I mean, I can easily, and when I ask someone on the other side of the aisle, tell me something that's good about one thing that happened in the Biden administration, they'll go, well, Trump, Trump. They can't name one positive thing. So let me ask you strategically. The only thing that people have against President Trump, when you ask him, were things better for four years than they are now, is they go to his style, his uh, attacks on other people, right? So from a str- purely strategic standpoint, my view is people don't like Biden. They don't want him. His own party is rejecting him. His policies are failing domestically and internationally. So from a purely strategic standpoint, if Trump stuck to the policy and said, this is what I'll do during a second term, this is what I did for you during a first term, and got rid of the name calling, don't you think that would be a more effective and a bigger win? I do not. And here's really, why. Really, why? Because it's not it's not Trump. You get, I get that. No, no, no. no, no. no. I'll, give you, okay. I'll give you that. I cannot believe I'm having this conversation with Sean Spicer. No, 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 no. The reason the reason I want this though, Stephen, it, it's it's not that you need to explain it to me. Yeah. I want people, I want you as a strategist to explain it to to the viewer. Because when I say it to people, it's easy. I go, I don't really care about a tweet. I care about are are we making more money? Are are more people employed? Are we safer? Are are we are we creating a better country moving forward? I I can do that. I want you to tell people just, why that's not a good strategy. First off, it's not a good strategy because it's not the man himself. You, you he is what he is. He's a fighter. He's a counterpuncher. He's going to always be on the attack, and he's going to be on the attack personally if you try to come after him. And just, you can't, it, that's so it, it inextricably linked into his personality. Uh, you're not, I don't think you're going to get it out, out of there. Now, here's what I think. I don't think actually selling the policy today, because I think people either for Trump or against Trump. I yeah. think it's turnout. And I also think that, I think what's helping us most is the lived experience. And I keep saying this on the show, that if people under 35 want to continue to live like Russian serfs, not only thing, not not have a chance to own anything, then they should keep voting for Biden and progressive Democrats and their policies. And now you're seeing their lived experience is so horrible. They can barely make the credit card payments. They're leaving paycheck to paycheck. They can't afford a home. Family formations pushed out into the late 30s, early 40s, that now you're seeing 50% of those people are willing to vote for President Trump because of the lived experience, just like African-American men and just like Hispanic men. Their lived experience is so bad under Biden that they're prepared to actually listen to Trump or want Trump back because they remember the golden years of 18 and particularly 19. And I think that's our strategy. Continue to push. Look, this is not a theoretical exercise. With Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, it's I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this versus Biden. With Trump, it's very simple. I I did did. this. 
This right. is the empirical evidence of my presidency and the way I roll. And this is, you know, against the mullahs and the CCP and Putin and all that. And this is the way uh, this is the way that these guys roll. And if you see Biden and particularly now where he's hugging on Zelensky, who's a total con artist at the same time, he's kicking the Israeli government, uh, you know, uh, under the bus. You're just it's just going to it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And so. I just don't think you can take Trump's personality and the personality of the fighter uh, out of uh, in which it's just not going to happen. You and I talked about this a lot. Just to have a pure policy uh, discussion. It's just not him. You got to take the whole package. By the way, you know, 45 percent of the nation is just not going to vote for that package under anything. They just just, but that's fine. These look 52, 48. We'd win 40 states. We take the House and the Senate. And I think we could be at a 51. I think you could be at a 51. 43, right? Which is a, you know, a huge deal with a couple of maybe a third party candidates taking the rest. And you could pick up 10 seats in the house, 15 seats in the house, a handful of Senate seats, and would be right back to, um, to 2017, you know, 2016. And Sean, the one thing I think if we go back and look that there wasn't enough real coordination with the house and Senate, and particularly with Paul Ryan, knowing that Paul Ryan was not for uh, things, but even what they knew they could deliver. Remember, the right. whole healthcare thing was really Paul Ryan's. I'm not trying to put blame. No, 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 no. I use that as an example all the time. They, we walked in and they said, okay, what's the plan? And they were like, uh, we got blank stares. Yeah, and what they said, but they did say, we'll take healthcare. You guys, you guys take uh, tax Taxes. cuts, economy and infrastructure and, and national security. Trump, like Trump go get ISIS. We've got healthcare. And then you realized they had repealed it 50 times but they had never really come up with a replacement. And so that's one of the things I think we got to start working with right. either Mike Johnson or whoever's at the house, et cetera. And this time when we hit the beach, if we, if we can pick up and I think we can get both houses that day one has to be a coordinated effort of what's going to come up, what we're going to push through and what we're not going to back down on. Yeah. I, I think the president, president Trump needs to fully appreciate. And I think he does now how important the Senate is to his nominees and how important the house is to that agenda. I want to, I want to ask you a question though about MAGA. You brought it up a couple of times and, and America first policy. When you look at a candidate as Steve Bannon and the candidate says, I'm an America first candidate. What does that mean to you? What issues do you evaluate somebody's MAGA-ness, if you will? What makes them? Is it complete loyalty to Trump or is it a loyalty to an agenda? And if so, what's that agenda? What well, are those well, issues? A loyalty to agenda that President Trump personifies. But what I want to see in America first is particularly like when we talk about national security. You know, are you most focused on the sovereignty on our southern border? And I mean real sovereignty. Are you uh, are, are you also thinking through and support where we need to be in the world and where, where we make a difference in the world instead of just being spread all over hell's half acre. If somebody is a big proponent of these international organizations, a big supponent of giving our sovereignty like the WHO and or NATO is an ally and not a protectorate or NATO, you know, Trump's thing that NATO has got to start pulling their weight on payment and also on interoperability and in exercises so we really can act as allies, then that's America first. People that put the national security of the United States ahead of everything else, and particularly puts not just the country, but the citizens of the United States ahead of everything else. That's why I really think you start to see separate people that are America first or MAGA. There's a lot of people talk about it, but, and, and like, for instance, uh, this, uh, the NDAA right. that, that's coming up. I think the NDAA has got to be shot down. And I realize it's a must pass. The NDAA has got to be shot down because all the woken weaponized that we took out at the, at the committee level is all back in because of the Senate. And I think America first policies 
are only going to be for, prominent. And that's where I think we're going to get African-American men, Hispanic men, other people said, hey, this guy, these people prioritize the citizens of this country and the country itself ahead of all others. And it's not selfish. We can't, we can't help Israel. We can't help Taiwan. We can't keep the free navigation of the South China Sea if we are not strong and robust ourselves with a with a unwoke uh, great military that's focused on victory and a robust economy like we had back in 2019. Under so President. just the, the thing that I always find interesting is let's say somebody says to you, Steve, I'm 100 percent in agreement with every policy that you just laid out, but I have a problem with President Trump and I'm supporting DeSantis. Can they be a MAGA Republican without supporting President Trump, in your I think, opinion? I think, I think that's impossible, right? Right. Now. No, not okay. what President Trump is. Because even a DeSantis, that's just Trump light. If you're MAGA, you've got to be all in. MAGA and MAGA is MAGA. The Trump movement is is the MAGA movement. And so when you talked about. Obviously, that's why in, 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 in picking a female vice president and also having a cabinet of some of these great guys, have a Tucker Carlson involved and other people like that, a whole nother generation. Right. First off, did you saw come up in this big fight in the House, the Matt Gateses, the Matt Rosendales, these people, you're 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 having a whole new generation come forward there to MAGA. But right now, if you don't support President Trump, you cannot be mad. At least in my book, you can't be so mad. So when you the other you did an interview probably a couple of weeks ago and you talked about this this movement is, you know, you'll you'll look back and I don't all you can quote yourself, but basically you said, hey, you're gonna look back in the years and Trump's gonna be, you know, <laughs> mega light or whatever. I mean, like he's he's a just moderate, the, he's, a, he's in the mega movement, he's a moderate. So but okay, you so know, Sean, you know this better than anybody. He's a very kind-hearted guy. Oh, I know. He's a, he's a people think he's something. No, he's actually he's very dis- discernment but he's he's a very kind person he's yes. actually very kind and he has quite frankly a very soft heart i mean he's 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 a giving person and people don't see that the, i agree the, the movement i think now is much farther right of president trump i would say president so who's who's the future who is somebody that if trump finishes his second term or said i'm out who would you say are three people that exemplify the maga movement that are the future of the maga movement I think one Carrie Lake is one of them. I think that um, I think that Tucker Carlson's one of them um, on the on the elected side. I think J.D. Vance. I think Josh Hawley. I think you're seeing uh, in the Senate a, a big turn of these potential candidates coming in the House. You've got the the, the revolutionaries that threw over McCarthy and the and the uh, cartel, and then a lot of people coming up uh, coming up to that also you got the the MTGs of the world the Nancy Maces of the world you got the Byron Donalds right you okay. I I see a bench that's growing and I see people that are coming that are saying hey I, I want to no- learn more about MAGA because I want to run as a MAGA candidate right now I mean Kevin is pretty upfront one of the reasons he's going to hang around the rim with the 17 million dollars is to make sure that he gets more classic Republicans it's also the reason I think that the debates have been so it's not just the personalities it, it's had a false ring to it because they're talking about kind of neoliberal neocon policies from uh really the reagan era the bush era they're not talking about the lived experience it's not a populist right. nationalist movement and i think that's what but i Listen, think I see it I, all the time great, great i got one last question for you you brought up this is it but, but you brought up the debates you and i first met during my tenure at the rnc we obviously worked together during the campaign how do you think the RNC is doing right now vis-a-vis its role in the cycle and vis-a-vis Trump? It's terrible. What are you talking about? And I'm so disappointed Dave Bossie, who you know has worked hand in glove with us, and, and Rana. Why, I don't know why we're not like the DNC. We should be focused everything on victory in November 
of, of 2024. Nothing else matters. And I don't see the, the, the RNC or anybody having the money, the resources around it to put on to make sure we have voter integrity so this thing's not stolen from us. I think the debates have been a joke. I think it's been a waste of money. They've gotten, obviously, they had to go to ABC and all these other places. I think it's been terrible. And I think, look, Dave Bossie and I, uh, we're like brothers and we haven't, we haven't talked in months. And I'm very adamant that I'm super angry about these debates. And I, I think it's been a terrible uh, use of resources. There's been, look, these primaries now, Sean, there's going to be 600, $700 million spent at the end of the day. That's three quarters of a billion dollars that could have been used for victory. When it matters, all this other stuff didn't matter. It was all irrelevant. At the end of the day, it's going to end up being irrelevant, except for the donors to try to get a Nikki Haley uh, nose inside the tent. That's what it's all going to come down to. A horrible waste of money, opportunity costs, and time that could have been focused on victory. And the DNC did it right off the bat. They they wouldn't even have a primary, right? That's what we should have done. (laughs) They literally canceled the Florida primary. They canceled. There was no debates. They canceled the primary. They got rid of Bobby Kennedy. They know how to run things. All right, Steve Bannon, I, I I wish you wouldn't have held back this, but um, it's always great chatting with you and catching up. Um, Thanks for being with uh, us. I appreciate congratulations it. Congratulations on the success of the show. Look forward to doing it again and having you on War Room. The event. All right, folks, we kicked off 2024 in style, didn't we? And we have a lot headed your way. As I mentioned, we're headed into the 100th episode of the Sean Spicer Show. I appreciate you being on this journey with us. It means a lot. Please continue to share and subscribe. I have great things in store for 2024. This is going to be a big election year, and I'm glad you're along for the ride. Please continue to hit that notification button. Subscribe on YouTube, Rumble. Maybe that's your New Year's resolution. Go over to Apple. Give us a five-star review. Uh, Same thing on Spotify. Wherever you get it, have a backup plan in place. Thanks for kicking off 2024 with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show. Well, if you enjoyed this content, make sure to like this video, subscribe, and click the notification bell to get more.